0: Here we are on Spy Wednesday. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, April 5th. It is 7 a.m. Welcome to Covenant Network. As we pray this morning, let's uh, pray. You know what? Let's pray our St. Michael prayer in addition to our normal morning offering just because there are we're under a severe thunderstorm watch right now. So let's pray that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, why hesitate? Why wait? Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the Holy Spirit, or the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for all the intentions of my relatives and friends and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O prince of the heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Mary, mother of the church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. St. Christopher, Pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we've got a lot for you today. We're going to be talking about Spy Wednesday. We've got a wonderful homily I like to play every year on this day from Father Hollowell about what happens if you know God actually made Judas betray our Lord versus Judas betraying our Lord of his own free will. Um, all hell breaks loose. That's what we're going to hear later. We also have Clyde Nasser with us wrapping up his uh, series on our Lord as the bridegroom, us as the bride, and the wedding feast that is this Holy Week. So Clyde's going to share a little wrap-up of what he's talking about on Quo Vadis. And then we have a uh, another homily for you from Father Schneier today for our radio listeners about our role in the Passion. And then finally, Doug is going to be with us. We're going to be talking about Ephesians 5, Men, lay down your lives for your wives' sake, just as Christ laid down his life for the church. An appropriate topic for this holy week. Uh, Mike's going to give us the weather here, but I do just want to tell you from me, watch the skies and be careful on your commute in. I know there's a good band of our listening area kind of going moving southwest to northeast that's under a severe thunderstorm. Watch, watch, and uh, not a warning, a watch. But just be ready for whatever's out there. I brought my umbrella into the studio with me just in case I have to go anywhere. Let's go to Mike Roberts now.
1: Today is the feast day of St. Vincent Ferrer. Born in Spain in 1350, he was the fourth child of a nobleman, and during a dream, his father was told by a Dominican friar that his son would become famous throughout the world. When he was born, he was given the name Vincent after St. Vincent the martyr patron saint of Valencia. Still, when he chose to enter the Dominicans, his parents begged him not to. This was during the Western Schism, one of the most difficult periods in church history, when the Catholic Church was divided by two men who made claims to the papacy. Vincent was ordained by Cardinal Peter de Luna, who urged Catholics to follow Clement VII in Avignon, and as a result, so did Vincent. Then, when Clement died and De Luna replaced him as Benedict Eighth, Vincent supported him as well. However, Vincent came to realize Pope Urban VI in Rome was the true pope and decided to concentrate all his efforts on serving Christ first and to make the most of his amazing gifts in preaching the gospel. After failing to convince his former friend to resign, Vincent delivered a powerful rebuke during a service over which Benedict was presiding. And it was after this service that Benedict was abandoned by his followers and fled to be later deposed at the Council of Constance. Meanwhile, Vincent's preaching took him on a two-decade tour of Spain, Italy, France, England, Ireland, and Switzerland. After speaking to the nuns of St. Colette, founder of the Poor Clares, She told him he would die in France, which he did on this day in 1419 at the age of 69. St. Vincent Ferrer, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day
2: can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network
0: to see all our podcasts. We are wrapping up the season of Lent. In fact, tomorrow we begin the Sacred Paschal Triduum, and Lent is over. But all Lent, Clyde Nasser has been with us talking about the wedding feast being a great image for what happens this week. And here to put a pretty little bow on the whole thing is Clyde Nasser. Clyde, good to see you again, my friend. Nice to see you. So how do we tie a bow on all of this? How do we synthesize everything you've been talking about in Quavadis and what we've mentioned on this show as we get ready to really walk the events of this week? I mean, we've already started with Palm Sunday, but we're going full throttle tomorrow with the Mass of the Lord's Supper into the Passion on Good Friday.
2: So the idea of the bridegroom is all over Holy Week. We get the procession with the Passion as he walks into Jerusalem with his apostles and that that is the idea of him going to the bride um, embracing the bride and going to the wedding ceremony we get the celebration of the lamb supper basically at the lord's supper and then the consummation of the marriage is on the cross we get all these things tied together and so what i'm hoping to do for you and your listeners adam is with my talks is to bring this all together into one nice tight bow so that we can understand this. When we look at a crucifix, most people understand the idea of sacrificial love present on the crucifix. But I want you to not only see from the very beginning all the way back to the time of Abraham, all the way forward to the time of Christ and even into our time, that the wedding is something that we can embrace in this true loving embrace that Christ gives us. Yes, he gives us complete sacrificial love, but he also is embracing this true love for his church so that we can go forward with this when we look at the crucifix as this loving thing that he's done for us.
0: What is it that you think of now when you look at a crucifix? When
2: I started this, you see a sacrifice that happened. But what I think that I see now is this this loving embrace between Jesus and his church, between him giving up himself through the blood and the water, through the idea of coming to the cross in that seamless gown, in the idea of the crown that's on his head— When we see all those things, we can embrace a first century Jewish wedding that's going on. And when we see that that loving feeling that we have at the end of the wedding, at the end of the celebration, this complete hope that we have going forward is something that I think we would be able to see from the crucifix at this time. That's what I hope to leave our listeners with, this undying love that Christ has for
0: us. I guess the last question I want to ask here is, we've been talking, again, about the events of Holy Week in the context of the wedding feast and that we are the bride, our Lord is the bridegroom. I can't help but think that with Easter Sunday coming very quickly and then the octave of Easter and even the entire season of Easter, I suppose we could refer to that as the honeymoon?
2: I think that's an excellent way to look at it. God gives us this beautiful gift of the church. And so going forward, we need to use that gift in a loving embrace that we have with God. And so think of at the end point of salvation being what what should happen in a true and complete marriage is that I get my wife to heaven, she gets me to heaven. Salvation is the end all be all of everything that's going on in Holy Week. And so through Jesus's embrace at that moment, he gives us this complete and undying love that allows us to go forward, that allows us to embrace God, and allows us to see all the mysteries of the universe that we will see in the end. And so hopefully um, I can bring a little bit of that to everyone that's actually out there listening. So,
0: All right. Well, Clyde, I want to thank you for being with us this Lent on Roadmap to Heaven. I have a feeling we, we may have you back in the future. Um I'll just leave it at that, but in the meantime, you have a blessed triduum, and may Good Friday be a a somber day of great reflection for you, followed by the joy of Easter.
2: You too, Adam. I really appreciate you tolerating
0: me and me being the gum on your shoe for the last six weeks. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Stay tuned.
3: The Be One Prayer. Eternal Father, at the Last Supper, your Son prayed that all who bear his name might be one. Send the Holy Spirit upon us to make us one in Christ. Strengthen our faith in you. Lead us to love one another. Unite our service to our brothers and sisters, and join us together as we build your church in our midst. Take away divisions that hinder our unity in Christ, so we may, with one mind and voice, as members of one body, praise and glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: It's been a while since we've had Doug Barry on the show, and we're privileged to have Doug back with us again. How are you doing today, sir?
4: Good, Adam, and it is always awesome to be with you, my friend. I know.
0: We've got our matching Fatima statues here. This is, you know, (laughs) that must be a reminder for us to pray the rosary. Today we're going to talk about husbands and the the duties outlined by St. Paul in Ephesians 5, and this is one of those quote-unquote controversial passages of Scripture, although I think especially as we move more into the postmodern post-truth age, almost all of Scripture is becoming controversial if it wasn't beforehand, so let's be controversial today. Ephesians 5, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church. He himself is the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands and everything. And most men stop there and like, "We got that, honey, listening? you, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're listening right now, but Adam just said it. He was quoting the Bible. You have to be subordinate right. to me. And we forget this other part. Husbands. Love your wives even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. And, Doug, that's uh, the part we don't often want to look at because that means for you and I as men— We're talking about sacrificial love. We're not talking about getting everything we could have ever wanted and having our wives show up with a platter of food every day. And is there anything else you need, honey? That's not at all where Ephesians 5 is going.
4: Right, right. And this is, you're right, it's one of those verses that had um, women approach me after a parish mission or a conference somewhere over the years and come up and actually say, that's the only scripture verse my husband knows, and it's the only one that he quotes, And they're serious about that sometimes (laughs) however you're right that next piece of that is so important and i would always say to men when i would speak at conferences or parish missions or even right now gentlemen if you ever want to know what that means husbands love your wives as christ loved the church stop right there and just go go look at a crucifix and spend time prayerfully looking at that crucifix and know that's what it means as he hung there on that cross Did he complain? Did he whimper? Did he say, woe is me? No one understands me. Did he go through any of that? No. From that cross, he teaches us men what it means to sacrifice in such deep love for our wives. And the fact that we are supposed to do everything we can to help present our wife to God without spot, without blemish, without any wrinkle, what we're talking about here is something obviously in the end when we stand before God. What have we done to help prepare her? One of my favorite stories is hearing of an elderly couple that was, you know, dealing with a very tough moment. The woman was dying. She was lying in in the hospital bed and the husband's there by her side. They'd been married many years. I'm thinking it was 50 plus years and knowing she was about to die, it could be at any time somewhere in those final moments, she had said to her husband, looking at him, looking in his eyes, thank you for preparing me for this moment. Because everybody knows they're gonna die. Now, you know, this is something, you know, we need to be thinking about even when we pray our rosaries. You know, I mean, my, my wife and I, we pray our rosaries, and and I'm always praying that we are helping each other in this world, but also helping each other prepare for the next. So whenever I hear you know, the conversation about what is marriage mainly about, what's well, to help each other get to heaven, you can't force your wife, gentlemen, first of all. Ladies, we have to understand that. You know, you have to cooperate with the husband, just with cooperate with each other, just have to cooperate with God. No one can force someone's, you know, uh, will on somebody else. That's just not the way God has set it up. So you can't get your husband to heaven, ladies, and you can't get your wife to heaven. You can pray for them. You can sacrifice for them. You can be that Christ on the cross for them. And especially for us men to be in that spiritual role as the spiritual head of the home to lay our lives down daily to offer things up. And when we make mistakes to get ourselves back in that confessional or to get on our knees with deep prayer, and I mean dialogue-type prayer, can go through the line every day and just check those boxes off of getting my prayers in, or I can actually have those moments where I just sit or kneel or lie on my face. And sometimes it's that posture where we're sitting on the edge of the bed with our face buried in our hands and just have a deep conversation with God. And just, you know, a lot of my prayer is, Lord, I just, I want to hear you. I want to listen. I want to have that open heart. So if we do that and looking at the crucifix, gentlemen, knowing what our role is there, that will be the best way to help our wives be prepared. Now, the day-to-day is also part of it. Am I making sure that I'm arranging those scenarios and situations for devotional behavior to take place? Meaning, if it's something special like the five... First Saturdays or the nine first Fridays, men get on board with that, lead that, initiate these things. Even let's be the men that say, You know what? I know what it means to bring peace to my home. Be the man that initiates praying the rosary. Okay, that's a key part right there because I'm gonna deny myself, take up my cross, I'm gonna follow Christ, I'm gonna lay myself down every day. And remember this I think it's a key point, Adam, is that when Jesus was thrown to the ground to be crucified. They didn't have to fight him to get his arms out on that beam to be nailed to the cross. They didn't have to struggle and wrestle with him pulling back. He would have extended his hands and rested them there waiting for this to happen. And this is something to think about in in meditating on the crucifixion. You can look at the crucifix over and over every day, go deeper on what that means to lay your life down, to help your wife be better prepared, bringing the devotional life, the prayer life, the sacramental life, the forgiveness, the warmth, the support, the encouragement, the strong leadership, the faithful leadership. Your wives are going to be able to follow you men. Our wives will follow us better, Adam, if they know and can see that we are deep in prayer. If they know we have a deep prayer life and that we're begging God for that strength and we're going to the sacraments, then we have to make a big decision on something. There has to be a spiritual matter or even a physical matter. You know, we have to move. I have to change jobs, what have you. Our wives are going to have a lot more confidence. Why? On a natural level, because they see that we're turning to God in prayer. On a spiritual level, because God's grace is operating in that moment. And if we cooperate with that, God does things that we cannot fully understand, that can bring peace and order, and therefore, gentlemen, we are preparing our wives to be presented to God without spot, blemish, or wrinkle when they die, to get them better prepared so they hopefully will cooperate to the best of their ability when they stand before God, enter into heaven.
0: Doug, I want to talk more about this, but we're out of time today, so I want to see if you come back next week with us, because I I want to ask some questions about uh, this presenting in splendor without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, if that's all right with you. I'd love to. You betcha. All right, we'll have Doug Barry back. We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere.
3: A prayer to St. Joseph. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee, to receive me as thy client, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen.
0: Our catechism question today on this Spy Wednesday, what was Judas given in return for betraying Jesus? What was he given? My kids would probably say a dollar, you know, a hundred dollars. I don't know. 30 pieces of silver. That was what he was given to betray our Lord. Here's a point of thought for us. What do we accept to betray our Lord? You know, is it the the instant gratification of of gluttony or uh, sins of the flesh or whatever it may be? the, The temptation to give in to lust Uh, The temptation to give in to impure thought, the temptation to give in to anger, the temptation to uh, gossip, you know, not even 30 pieces of silver, but just, oh, did you see so-and-so in the way that they did that, or did you hear about so-and-so? You know, it seems we betray our Lord on a daily basis for a lot less than 30 pieces of silver, and so, uh, you know... I think it's just something we can take stock of in our lives. Speaking of the storm being right upon us, let's get you one more check of the weather here today and then the daily dose of encouragement.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our archdiocesan family, so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: I remember the first time I got a pair of colored sunglasses and looking through those lenses and saying, "Wow, the world sure looks different looking through these lenses. Well, this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is helping us look at Holy Week through the lens of the sites of the Holy Land, and we have been to the Mount of Olives, we have been to the rock where our Lord wept. Patty, where are you taking us today?
5: Well, today, um, on our trip, we went to the pit or the cell, I guess you could call it, under Caiaphas's palace. So we know from Matthew's Gospel that on Holy Thursday night, they arrested Jesus and took him to Caiaphas, the high priest. So here is where, you know, all the scribes and the elders of the Sanhedrin were all assembled, And it was in the courtyard of Caiaphas' house, or his palace, where Peter denied Jesus three times. Today, if you go there, there is a church built at this location as well. And archaeologists have uncovered prison cells under what would have been the foundation of the house. So the prison cells were underneath. And this is where Jesus would have been held overnight, because we know in the morning he was sent back to Pilate. So where was he? Through the night, he was in a prison cell underneath Caiaphas's house for sure. And our modern notion of a prison cell is nothing like what we experienced here. It is literally a stone. It's very small with a tiny, tiny hole in the top. And at night, Jesus would have been in total darkness and chained to the wall or the roof. And our group alone, just our group of about 40 or 50 pilgrims, we were jammed into this space. I mean, we really could not move at all. And we read Psalm 88, which is so beautiful. It said, Lord, my God, I call out by day and at night I cry aloud in your presence for my soul is filled with troubles. I am right." With those who go down to the pit. I am weak, without strength, caged in. I cannot escape. My only friend is darkness. The next morning, he would have walked in chains to Pontius Pilate after spending the night there. And the stone steps are still there where he walked. And I remember kneeling on those stones just to be with Jesus in this place. And I would like all of us today to maybe just look up Psalm 88 and read it. Console Jesus with your heart of love, with your repentance, with your gratitude, and picture him being in this cell at night and knowing the scriptures and remembering Psalm 88. So again, Psalm 88, read it and picture Jesus in a pit, in a stone cell the night before he died.
0: Petty, it's wonderful to go through these images with something to focus on that gets us out of our modern conceptions of what a jail cell would look like and it illuminates these scriptures that you're sharing with us as well thank you as we wrap up the show today uh, I want to encourage you with a couple things. Number one, the Sacred Paschal Triduum starts tomorrow, and as we've said multiple times on the show this week, last week we had Radio Thumb, but the week before that, go, go to all of it, go to every last service of the Sacred Paschal Triduum. It really is an absolute joy. It's something wonderful to take part in all of the uh, all of the the services of the Triduum and pray your way through these next few days just whatever you do pray this you know you may have a day off here you may have a day off there that's great enjoy some time with the family but most importantly use the time to pray second if you've never been to the easter vigil you know i would say this it's a liturgy that is worth going to i mean it is the holiest of nights In our liturgical year, it is, I mean, when you talk about the main event, this is as main event as it gets. You know, you hear salvation history in the liturgy of the word. You have the renewal of baptismal promises. You have those who will come into the church. You know, we've become so accustomed sometimes to, you know, being in and out in an hour. Surely we can give God more than that, especially as we commemorate his death and resurrection uh, you know, He died on a cross for us. I think we can tolerate a little bit more than an hour in church. And it's really a beautiful thing. And it's, a, it's something that begins, if you haven't been, it begins outside, weather permitting, with a service of light. We go into a dark church. The deacon carries the Paschal candle, the light of Christ. We share that light from that candle spreading to our candles throughout the church. It's a sight to behold. It really is quite beautiful. In fact, the the church places so much emphasis on this. The liturgy does not begin until after the sun goes down. So that's something else that's just amazing. Tomorrow on our airwaves, we're going to be bringing for our St. Louis listeners the Chrism Mass from the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis at 10 a.m. That's another one. If you can go, go. It's a beautiful liturgy. If you can't, tune in here in St. Louis on uh, on our stations, or I believe we'll have that online too at ourcatholicradio.org. Friday morning, we'll have for you during Roadmap to Heaven a Good Friday special episode uh, featuring Monsignor Eugene Morris of the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine. Um, it's a great conversation about many, many things, and so we look forward to bringing you that as well. In the meantime, especially as it gets more and more ominous outside, I feel like I was with you when the sun came up, and now I'm with you when the sun's going down, and it's only been an hour. Pray for all those who are out driving right now. Pray for all those who are going to be affected by the storms this morning. Uh, pray for all those without shelter. Pray for our first responders and emergency workers. I know Friday night, they were pretty busy in our neighborhood when the storms rolled through, so we just pray. That's 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 what we do. We, we also have action, but it all starts... With prayer. Speaking of which, let's pray now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our sorrowful Mother, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, We give into those temptations far too often to betray our Lord for even less than 30 pieces of silver. Be on guard today against sin. Ask our Lord for the grace you need to avoid sin and to live a life of faith. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven today. Pray your rosary.